0: Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. all over the house, we're, we're happy to see you. We're doing a Big Rock series. Everybody say Big Rocks. And we're studying it. We're having a great time taking Jesus' message on the Sermon on the Mount, and we are just having a good, good time with it. Uh, the first week we talked about when you, when you fast. How many of you are still trying to hold out from Bluebell and social media and, and turning off uh, daytime TV, soap operas, and all that? Come on. All right. How many of you are still pushing the plate away some? Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many of you have cheated on Bluebell? Raise your hand. All right. All right. Uh, well, I have to tell you that I felt like I needed to reward myself the other day, so I did. I did. I did. I fell off the wagon. The bluebell wagon ran slap over me (laughs) and dented my head and thinking I need some more when this diet and fast is over. So next Saturday, next Saturday is the end of the 21 day of prayer and fasting. I want to thank everyone that's come to the church 6 to 7.30 in the morning, 6 to 7.30 in the evening. Uh, People have been turning out continually in the last, last two weeks, one more week. And then next Sunday we ought not only start our life groups, but we also are going to have communion here. And then, then after we've had communion here to end the service and end the seven, uh, 21 day fast and prayer period, when you walk out you get to take a little bit of Bluebell home with you. That's just a little blessing from your pastor. Amen. <laughs> Anybody don't love me now, you just, you don't love anything. All right. You don't love nothing. So next week we're starting our life group series. I want you to give a hand to Brad and my daughter Cassidy. Is my daughter over there somewhere, Cassidy? Uh, they, they, this is their 11th year month anniversary, the 11th year in this church. He's our executive pastor. That's good stuff. We honor them today. And if you see Brad and Cass say thank you for serving for 11 years at CLC. What a great young couple they are, and they are tremendous, and we love them. Uh, God bless. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak today on when you give. Everybody say when you give. when you give. That's what I'm talking about today. You're going to be, a, you're going to be givers Turn to somebody and say, Pastor, Pastor, preach the the gospel to me today. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. mind. Preach the word to me today. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach Preach the word to me today. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. in. You may be seated. God bless you. So we're talking about priorities, priorities. And the very first week, three weeks ago, we talked about big rocks first. We talked about big rocks. We told you a story about a man who was teaching a time management class, a professor, and he uh, got a mason jar and a wide lid and about 12 fist-sized rocks and started putting them in that mason jar and filled it up. Then he asked, is this jar full? And they all said, yes. He fooled them. He said, no, it's not. He reached under, got some fine gravel and poured the gravel in, then said, is it full? And they said, probably not. He said, you're catching on. And then he got some fine sand and poured it in and said, is it full now? And they said, only you know, sir. (laughs) And then he got water, of course, and poured it in. Then he said, when he filled it up with water, realizing every part of that jar was full. Then he said, what does this mean? And one person said, well, no matter how much you've got going on in your life, you can always squeeze something else in. (laughs) And he said, no, that's not it. He said this simply, if you don't get the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. If you don't get the big rocks in first. So Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Five is the Beatitudes and a bunch of things that he taught us. And then seven is the same thing. But in six, he gave us three wonderful things. He talked about when we fast, and we talked about fasting. And some of you are about to die, just me talking about it. And then we talked last week on when you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. And today we're going to be speaking on when you give. And it's not just about money today. It's about when you give. We need to be givers. We need to be people who give. I read about a couple in Florida who had been married 21 years and they got a divorce. And the terms of the settlement called for the woman to be able to maintain a reasonable lifestyle. Uh, since the couple's listed assets was $100 million, here's what the judge decided. She could fly to New York from Florida once a month to get her hair fixed. She'd receive $2,600 a month to eat out. She'd receive a liberal expense amount for gasoline and oil and maintenance of her new $100,000 Mercedes. In addition, she was received each month $10,500 for vacations, $6,500 for clothing every month, $1,600 for groceries, $1,400 for local beauty parlors, just local once a month in New York, $1,400 miscellaneous, $170 a month for pet care, and $20 a month for church and charities. I'd like to ask a question, what's wrong with that picture? <laughs> Henry Ford once asked an associate about his life goals, and the man said, I want to make a million dollars in my life. And a few days later, Mr. Ford made the man a pair of glasses out of two silver dollars. And he put those glasses on that man, he said, what do you see? He said, nothing, the dollars are in the way. And Mr. Ford said, you know what, I want to teach you a lesson. If your only goal is dollars, you'll miss a host of greater opportunities in your life. So I'm here today, to talk to you about this wonderful spirit that God can bless us all with called the Spirit of Giving. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 verse 3 and 4 says it this way. You see it there, I'm reading it here. But when you give, not if you give, when you give. Say, when you give give. to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may uh, may, may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So, What what he's saying is, you've got to give to the needy. You know who needy people are, folks. Needy people are people that need Jesus. And when you give to a cause that can help people find Jesus, then you're giving to the needy. Needy people are people that are in mission fields that don't know Jesus. And when you give to a cause that helps a church preach the gospel to those mission fields and feed those starving souls, you're giving to the needy. Let me introduce today, very quickly, the law of sowing and reaping. It didn't take the Lord long to get into it because in Genesis chapter 1, it's called the law of first reference. In Genesis chapter 1, the law of first reference simply means if it's mentioned early in the Bible or first, when it's first mentioned, it means that it's going to be used throughout the Bible. And the Lord took Genesis 1 and He said this to Adam and Eve, Be fruitful. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful. Everybody say, Be fruitful. And multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and every living creature that moves up on the earth. Go ahead. And God said, "Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which upon the face which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat." What he was saying was, "Be fruitful." Everybody say, "Fruitful,", fruitful. and multiply. He said, I've given you every seed-bearing plant. In other words, I have put in your possession. If you want a 1,000 kids, I've put the seed in you. If you want a 1,000 apple trees, I've given you enough seed. If you want orange groves, if you want to raise a a pear orchard, if you want to have a grape vineyard, whatever you want, I have given you what it takes to produce, but you've got to go out and sow it so that you can reap it. God was simply saying, I'm not going to send angels with baskets of apples and oranges and pears and fruit. You've got to sow in order to reap. You've got to do it. So if you sow an apple tree, you don't just get one apple, but a whole tree. And that continues to produce yearly. One seed multiplies the apples again and again and again. In fact, one person told me a long time ago, said you you can count the seeds in apples, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Because every year that apple tree goes and goes and goes and grows and produces and produces and produces. See, some people say, Pastor, I don't want to sow, but I want oranges. I have a taste for an orange, but I don't want to go out and sow an orange tree. Remember, you can't eat the seed. The other day I was getting ready because I, I've been on this fast and I've been eating about a meal. And, 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 and a couple of days I cheated and ate two meals. I'm sorry. I got to I confess. i I did. I, I, I ate a couple of meals, and and I did cheat on Bluebell one time. I fell off the wagon; it rolled over my head. But anyhow, that's all right. But bottom line, bottom line is I was having a little pre meal meal. <laughs> <laughs> Honest this confession's good for the soul. And 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 so I knew I was gonna I knew I was gonna teach this lesson today. And so I was eating this beautiful orange, this little, little bitty orange. I was eating this orange, and I said, you know what? I'm I'm gonna eat that seed. And I bit into that seed, and when I tell you I bit in it, came out of my mouth quicker than I bit on it. I spit it out because the seed is bitter, but what the seed produces is sweet. The seed is bitter, but what the seed produces is sweet. So back back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. He says the Father sees what is done. He sees the action, and then he blesses. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 5 and look at the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they that mourn. And he talks about nine of these things. The word blessed there, folks, is the word makarios. It's a Greek word which means happy. In other words, happy are the people that mourn. Happy are the people that are poor in spirit. Happy are the peacemakers. Happy are those that mourn. The Greeks, see, reserved happiness for the gods, not the people. Humans could not truly be happy, they said, only gods. But Jesus said... Happy and blessed are the sowers. When you even sow mourning, when you sow poor in spirit, when you sow peacemaking, when you sow, sow, sow it, he will bless you because you will be happy when you become a sower of what God wants you to sow in your life. <laughs> Say amen to that. Amen. So you're going to reap and you're going to be happy. Let me, let, let me talk about where many Christians are. Here's a power statement. Blessings harvested are determined by actions and not intentions. Blessings harvested are determined by actions and not intentions. I've often said, and I preached it here several years ago, that the path you're on always trumps the intentions that you have. Because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But if you want to change your behavior, if you want to change some things in your life, get off the path you're on. Don't just intend to get off the path you're on, but get off it and get on another path. See, people have intended to do a lot of things a lot of times. I intended to pray yesterday. I intended to give. I intended to get a job, but I didn't get out of the bedroom because I slept all day. I intended to fast. You can't receive a harvest, folks, from intentions. You have to be determined with actions in order to get a harvest. In 2016, some of us saved some bad seed. We sowed some anger. We sowed some anger in 16, and we expected nice treatment in return. We sowed gossip, and we expected good talk about us. We sowed judgment, and we expected mercy. But if you sow anger, you're going to reap it. If you sow gossip, you're going to reap it. If you sow judgment, you're going to reap it. Why don't you just open your mouth and say, God, I'm going to become a sower in 2017. I'm getting away from some bad seeds I sowed in 16, and I'm going to sow the right things. See, blessings come, folks, when we turn intentions, when we turn intentions, is it on here? Blessings come when we turn intentions into actions. Everybody say, I'm an action man. I'm an action woman. I'm going to have revival of forgiveness and giving in my life. Amen. So, let's turn here. Galatians chapter 6. I'm fixing to teach a little bit. Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Amen. That, na- that word there is Mugreso, which God cannot, you can't put your mug up against God and say, hmm, that ain't work. A man reaps what he sows. Say it, a man reaps... Whoever sows to please their flesh will from the flesh reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, let's talk about this. Let's just talk about this a little bit. Sin can make you feel bad after it's over. But you know why people sin? Because sin is fun. And if it wasn't, people wouldn't be doing it. But the consequences are brutal (laughs) because sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And I'm telling you, some people need to understand in this church today, the grace of God works right now. If you have sinned, the Bible said you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And if you ask him anything, he will give you the desire of your heart. Some of you need some repentance today. Why don't you ask the Father for repentance today? And the Father will grant you repentance because He is a forgiving God. Isn't that an awesome thing to know that we have a God that still forgives us? (laughs) Pastor, I've messed up 47 times God forgives. You know the difference between a sinner and a righteous man? A sinner falls down seven times and stays down. A righteous man falls down seven and gets up the eighth time. Here's what I want to tell you. You've got to keep getting back up. If you mess up, you've got to keep getting back up. If you fall down, you've got to keep getting back up. Because hell can't stand a person that gets back up after they've fallen down. See, when you behave your way into bad situations, you have to behave your way out of that bad situation. But here's what some people do. Many want to behave their way in, and they want, to, they want to behave our way in. Next. Yeah. And talk or intention our way out. They want to behave their way in and talk or intention their way out. You cannot intention and talk your way out of something that you walked into. So here's what, I, here's what I'm preaching. Paul said, don't be deceived. God is not going to be mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. There's a football term that we use many times. It's called losing to the two times to the same team in the same season and just playing them once. Here's how it works. You lose to a team one week, and you can't get over the loss of it, so you play another team the next week. And because you're still grieving over the loss last week, you never got over the first loss, so you get beat again. And you get beat by that same team twice, even though they just played you one time. I, I'm looking at people today that I, I, I feel like I need to preach this. You've let unforgiveness beat you twice and three times. But it's time to stop right now and say, Pastor, I'm going to be a forgiver. Because I will sow forgiveness. Don't live in deception. You've got to sow something in order to reap it. Maybe you went to church and saw money misused. Hey, there's some bad preachers out there and they'll, they'll, they'll fleece the flock and I, I mean that. I know of a pastor one time that charged 50 bucks for a hug and a hundred dollars for a word from him. I give away hugs free and there's no strings attached and it's non-political and no fat included. Here's what I want to tell you. There's some bad stuff out there, but it don't mean everything's bad. There's some bad doctors out there, but there's some great doctors that come to this church. There's some bad attorneys out there, but there's some great attorneys that come to this church because God Almighty puts people in the place they need to be. Bad ministers, bad doctors, bad doctors. Bad attorneys does not mean the whole world's going to pot. I'm telling you right now, God is still in his house and he's still going to bless a people that put him first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, get a big rock in your life and say, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to give. Half of Jesus' parables was about money or possessions. One in seven scriptures that Jesus used was about money or possessions. In fact, Jesus talked more about money than he did about heaven and hell combined. And there is a heaven and there is a hell. Some say, I don't want a pastor talking about money in the church. Are you that greedy, really? Here's a revelation statement. Any pastor that does not speak or at least mention money from time to time does not truly love his people. Because it's God's desire to bless you. And I've got to tell you ways that God can bless you. And when you give, he will give it back. And when you sow, you're going to reap. And you're going to reap a whole lot more than you sowed. You know what, folks? Let me tell you something. My dad was a sharecropper. And we, we made $27.50 a week, and Dad tied two seventy five every week. And sometimes he'd have to lay hands on the car. This was in the 50s, lay hands on the car and ask God to give us strength and, and gas to get to the church and back because we had no money. We had nothing. But Dad never forgot to bless the church with his tithe and with his offering. And we, we always loved to go to the Dairy Queen. I was hooked on ice cream when I was this high. We, we always wanted to go to the Dairy Queen and sometimes Daddy would say, boys, can you, can, you, can you split it tonight? Can you split a cone? Yeah, Dad will split a cone. But it didn't matter because we knew that God was blessing us. And you know what? I'm standing here today, preached to a full house like this in first service, preaching to a full house in second service because my Daddy was a seed planter. My dad planted a seed and an apple tree came up. And that apple tree has been blooming every year since. And I'm getting to eat the blessings of my father's uh, sowing. And you know what I do? I'm going to sow. I'm going to sow because my kids are going to be blessed. My grandkids are going to be blessed. They're going to eat the tree of blessing that God gave to me in my life. Because you, when you sow, you will reap. I read about a man who was a miser. His wife went to church. He would never give her any money. And he said, preacher said, you can't take it with you, but I'm going to take mine with me. He said, when I die, he said, I want you to do something, honey. I want you to put two pillowcases of money in the attic. And I want you to stuff it full and then, and then, and then tie a rope around it. And, and when I leave here, I'm going to go through the attic and I'm going to pick up that money. And I'm going to take it to <laughs> You see it coming, don't you? So he died, and the wife forgot all about the money. She had done it several months ago, and so about three months later, she's in the attic cleaning it out. And she saw, that, she saw those bags of money. And she went over to it and looked at it and opened it up. And sure enough, the money was still in there, and she shook her head. She said, I should have put this in the basement. <laughs> if you don't laugh at that, you, you're, you're, you're a sad sack. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. God competes with the God of money. Two things I know. God owns everything, and I am his steward, and I must do it right. Everybody say, God owns it all. all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the next breath that I take. He owns the terra firma that I walk on. God owns it all. So who am I to say it's mine? There ain't nothing mine. It's His. And because it's His, I must be a good steward of what He has given me in my life. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. I'm just putting a word on you. Do not judge. And you'll not be judged. Do not condemn. And you'll not be condemned. So when you go to lunch today, don't judge or condemn this sermon. <laughs> it's a good one. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and and it'll be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Is that tough or what? He is saying, Don't judge, because you're going to be judged. Don't condemn, because you'll be, you, you, uh, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. He said, But forgive, and you'll be forgiven. And give, it's going to be given. See, here's what I want to tell you something. You either believe the conviction that I'm preaching today, or you don't take the word of God for anything. God's word is what's being preached today, not my thought process. God said, if you will sow, then you will reap. If you will give, if you'll forgive, then you'll be forgiven. And if you give, he said, I will pour it on you. I will bless you. I'll give it back. But I'll give it back this way, heaped up pressed down, shaken together, and running over into your bosom and you'll give it to men all over the world because I'm gonna give you so much you can share it again. You you, you know what? Let, Let me just say something here. God has no favorites. God has no favorites. But God does not determine how blessed we are. We do. We determine how blessed we are. Not God. See, when I tap on that, it comes on. Do you see that? I learned that from Copperfield. (laughs) God does not determine. They say, God doesn't determine how blessed I am. I do. And if I give, he's going to bless. And if I sow, I'm going to reap. Clap your hands and rejoice in that. So, I'm a little thirsty right now. I'm a little thirsty right now, so I got me a jug. Now, it don't look like it's been washed. It came out of our kitchen. <laughs> Not our home kitchen, the church kitchen. I think, it's, uh, I think it's been on the shelf a little bit long. It's got some spots on it, but uh, Joyce will take care of that after a while. But if I'm thirsty, this is what I want. I want a big old jar, a big old pitcher of water. I can just pour it down. Because what I want to do when I'm real thirsty, I want to pour it all over me and just drink what comes in my mouth. Just pour it on me. And usually, I drink from this because I love these things. I love these big old pictures. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to confess something. I'm going to confess something. Nobody drinks milk in my family but me. And I've gone, yeah, to the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just something I did one time and, and, and Patty slapped me and I don't do it anymore. But I drank right out of the carton. I just, I love that. I'm just an know, we used to drink, my granddad used to have a well, a little old cistern, and we'd draw up water. I loved to go draw the water up for him. And we had a, we had a, a dipper. And everybody drank out of the same dipper, and you never got dipperitis. You never got it. <laughs> and everybody just turned it up and drank it, just turned it up and drank it. But I always drank right there on the right side, right here, that's where I drank, <laughs> thinking that it was going to be, I was kind of a germaphobe even then. Until I start drinking out of a milk carton. Amen. But I love this. But you know what? Some people go around and say, you know, I'm thirsty. I think I'll get me some water. Huh? 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 Oh, God. Maybe I'll get me a little bigger one here. My God. <laughs> Who wants that when you can have this? Yeah. Who wants a eyedropper when you can have a whole pitcher? Because when you get tired, come here, son, come here right quick. Come here. You want to drink of my water? Here. <laughs> have some. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful that I can bless somebody else with my water? Because I've got enough to not only bless me, but everybody else. That's what God says when you start sowing. I'm going to give it back to you. Heaped up, pressed down, shaken together. In the Old Testament, when they'd, when they'd bring wheat to the, to, the, to, the, to the tabernacle, they'd bring that wheat in bushel baskets, and, and, and that wheat would be scattered in a lot of air between it. And so the way they got a bushel basket full, somebody would get in that wheat and stomp it down and crush it, and then they'd put more wheat and, put, and stomp it and crush it down. Then they'd get more wheat, and they'd get four or five bushel baskets into one bushel. Because that's what, that's what the Lord was talking about. He said, I'm going I'm to put it in there. Then I'm going I'm to press it down. I'm going to put another load in there. I'm going to press that down. It's kind of like when we take our trash out on Sunday night. I've got a son-in-law that just jumps in the trash can. His name is Damon, and he is an athlete. He'll jump in that trash can. He'll start doing the, the St. Vitus or whatever. He's just dancing around. Just having, like he's got ants all over him. You know, He's dancing around. And I said, son, move over. And I'll put another bag in there, and he'll j- jump that and it down. We put so many bags in that trash can. Sometime I've watched that trash hauler come by. He has to kick that thing several times against the truck because we have packed it down. I'm telling you, when you get a hold of this blessing of giving, yes. hell can't shake some of that stuff out of you. He can't shake it out of you because you've been blessed. You've been abundantly blessed. It's time to live on the abundant side of life and not on the warning side of life. And you've got to sow in order to do that. Lift <laughs> your hands and say, that's right. That's right. Woo. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me finish here. Let me finish. There are some that are in financial struggles in the house here today. You've been putting bad seat in the ground in 2016. So, so maybe you're deciding to tithe for the first time or give to a church for the first time. And you want God to turn around your blessing in like three days. You say, okay, God, I gave Let me challenge you to tithe. Let me challenge you. I call it take the six week challenge. Just just watch what God does. 40 days. Just take the six week challenge and watch what God does. In fact, Paul was talking to the Corinthian church. I'm going to put it on the screen here, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He was talking to the Corinthian church and and, and they were were raising money for the Jerusalem church. And, And Titus was going to come down and kind of trying to stir up the people. He was an evangelist for Paul. He was going to come down and take up an offering for the church of Jerusalem. And he said, I urge Titus, let him bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, say everything. Everything. This church is an excellent church. Let me say this church is an excellent church. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking to you. This church is an excellent church in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. You're excellent in everything. You excel in everything. But see that you also excel in this grace of giving. It's an amazing thing, the grace of giving. Now listen, we, we have mission works. You know, you know let's, let's go to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9. Let me, let me read that first. Remember this, Who, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. In other words, he said it's not compulsion given, but it's purposeful given. I have decided, I've made up my mind, I'm going to give X amount to the Lord, and I'm going to bless the church, and I'm going to bless my family, and I'm going to bless my destiny, I'm going to bless my legacy. I believe with all my heart that when you make up your mind, see, I could put a a picture up here on the screen, take that off, I could put a picture up here on the screen of some little child in Haiti, and we give to Haiti. I could put somebody up here, a little orphan, we give to an orphanage in the the Philippines, and I could put that up here, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm sorry, (laughs) forgive me. Forgive me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Focus, 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 focus. (laughs) But I could talk about home missions churches that we have sponsored. We sponsored Mitch for a whole year at $5,000 a month. We sponsored Jonathan. We sponsored Russ. We sponsored Nate. We sponsored all these young men that have come through our church. And we sponsored them as they brought churches in. We sponsor the Pregnancy Resource Center. We sponsor transitional homes where men are coming out of prison and going through these eight homes of, of David Pena and learning how to transition in society. We talk, we, we sponsor homeless, we feed homeless people in this city at least six times a month. We take food under the bridge. We have a, a food pantry every Thursday that people can come and get food. This church goes out. We fed, we fed, we fed fire departments this last Saturday. We took food to the fire, fire people, we, fire department people. We take care of our city, we're a community church. And we help with, we, we help try to take, stop sex trafficking. We give to the sex trafficking ministry of our city because we want to matter in this world. But it's not about putting that kind of pictures up here. It's saying, I'm going to give on purpose. I'm going to be somebody that says, you know what? It doesn't matter. I trust the church. I trust the kingdom. And I trust what God is doing at CLC. And we're going to see a great revival start because I'm going to give. And when we give, it's going to come back heaped up. <laughs> Press down. Shaking together, running over. Everybody say he loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. God's given us a lesson about life. See, he sent his son, Jesus, and he's reaping that now. Because every time somebody walks in and receives the Lord, the Bible said angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. And heaven has a recess of shouting and praise because somebody got saved because Jesus came and died for our sins. It's an awesome thing to become a giver. It's an awesome thing to become a forgiver. It's an awesome thing to get off the judgment seat and quit condemning. It's an awesome thing to follow in the law of sowing and reaping. And I close today with one of the cutest stories I've ever read in my life. There's a city in Arkansas, the volunteer fire department drew criticism recently for letting a house burn down. It seemed the owner hadn't paid the $20 annual fee for firefighting services. And because of the firefighters in action, two adjacent furniture shops were also destroyed. A resident beside the shops did pay pay the fee while the fire was burning. His house was spared. The chief, Mr. Courtney, told reporters, Once your house is on fire, you can't join. (laughs) But if you're a neighbor and to some property that's on fire, you can join. When the house burned down, firefighters stood by to see that the blaze didn't spread to the homes of people who had paid the $20 fee. I'm not saying that God stops the fire when you're a giver. But I do know one thing. That I'd rather be proactive than reactive with God Anytime, I don't believe that much in reactive prayers. I love proactive prayers. I believe God can protect you from praying on the front side like he can say, I can deliver you out by praying on the back side. God is a proactive God. He planned all this out for us, and we get to enjoy the benefits and the blessings of Calvary. So here's what I'm telling you today. Why don't you join the giving band? Why don't you, fasting is tough, but you need to do that every now and then. Prayer is not easy, but you learn communication with the Father. But why don't you get on this bandwagon of giving and just understand, you know, I I, I, I will make a challenge to you. I'll make a challenge to you. If, if, if in that six weeks that you, that you don't start seeing the blessings of God, come see me and I'll give you all your money back. I personally will give your money back because I'll take your blessing. I'll start tithing in your place because I believe that God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. He loves it. He loves it. And that concludes today's message.